no helicopters have been procured for me to go to golf course. Thank you. I never said he wasn't a great politician. I'm just saying he's a <laughs> How'd you play out there today? Uh, well, I found the conditions challenging. Mostly because there's no grass on the golf course. But there never has been. I'm thinking about the swag bag. I hope the swag bag. When you got three crevices on the green, your course is trash. What is happening, folks? Welcome back. Beltway Golfer Podcast, episode 45. Your host, Alex Dixon here. We are a week removed from the Wells Fargo Championship out at TPC Potomac at Avenel Farm. The first tour event in the D.C. area in over four years. I had a blast. I went out for five, maybe six days on site. Two days volunteering with a shot link team. Weather wasn't ideal. Friday and Saturday, skies opened up, made for some interesting playing conditions for the players, made for an interesting day for myself, 12 hours on shot link on the 16th and 17th greens, you know, in the pouring rain, tapping in uh, the shot locations into a tablet. Still had fun. You know, every I was I was cursing the weather a little bit there uh, on Friday, but I, I enjoyed myself. Also had media credentials for the first time. So I got to pop in and out of the media tent, which was pretty cool to just kind of experience that. And, and meet some cool folks, a lot of national guys and local, Rex Hogger, Dan Rappaport, a bunch of local folks that either I know or know of. So it was, it, was, it was a lot of fun. But maybe the most fun I had the whole week was Thursday. I, I, I really just watched some golf, focused less on, on kind of taking pictures or video or, or volunteering or anything. Met up with a couple of buddies, had a couple of cocktails, and we followed Denny McCarthy around for his second nine, which when he finished, he was... I had a share of the lead of the tournament. Granted, it was only round one, but the atmosphere around his back nine and just around like the scores table and where they're signing autographs and doing interviews, it was fun. It was, it was, it was kind of, you know, it was a little bit of a scene. He had, you know, family members, friends, old high school, grade school coaches. It was just kind of, it, it was a fun atmosphere. Unfortunately, the, 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 the tournament result wasn't exactly what he wanted as he slid back into 25th place. But it was, it was, you know, it was, it was, it was a cool day and it was cool to watch. And even cooler is the fact that Denny McCarthy agreed to come on the podcast and, and we sat down and taped this uh, interview the Tuesday after the Wells Fargo. So last Tuesday, in fact, we start off talking a little bit about the Washington Capitals and the game we were talking about was game five of the Panthers cap series that the Caps gave away in the last couple minutes and, and lost in overtime. But it was cool. I, I, I set aside 45 minutes or asked 45 minutes from Denny, and we ended up going over an hour. So he's very generous with his time. You know, he's, he's a stud. He's one of the best putters on the planet. Twice he has led the PGA Tour in strokes game putting. He's only been on the tour for five years. And over the course of the last four years, cumulatively leads the PGA Tour in strokes game putting. So he is a ridiculous putter. And I think it's only just a matter of time before he gets uh, a couple wins on tour. In a lot of these interviews and podcasts that I do, you know, I, I write down my questions and topics beforehand, but I, I always seem to forget to bring something up. The one thing in, in this podcast, it wasn't much, but I, I kind of wanted to ask him about it. The, the, the first time we met was at a first tee event. It was the first tee of Greater Washington, D.C. Pro-Am held at TPC Potomac last year. 
And I got offered to come out and kind of act as a volunteer where you drive a pro around for the day, which is typically done by, I think, like a teenager or someone, you know, much younger that drives a pro around. It's a cool experience. I, I, I was doing that and I, and I got paired up with Denny and, and I just kind of wanted to ask him about that first moment he saw me, he kind of gave, he gave me a once over and just decided to drive himself, <laughs> decided to drive himself. So I spent the day riding shotgun. It was still, it was, it was a super fun day. I got to chat with Denny for several hours. And so it was, it was still really cool. It was just kind of a, a funny moment. But one thing I will say is Clint Sanchez, the executive director of First tier of Greater Washington, D.C., who's been a guest on this podcast, did mention to me as well that Denny is exceedingly generous with his with his time with the first tee. You know, does a lot of work with these first tee and shows up some of these pro-ams, doesn't ask for anything in return. So very cool, Denny. That's about it. Let's 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 get to the get to the interview. Here it is. Episode 45 Beltway Golfer Podcast, Denny McCarthy. Real quick before we get to the interview, first four craft cocktails. Uh, transfusion pre-mixed in a can. You've heard me talk about them before. Uh, based right in Richmond, small business, uh, really growing fast. Today, available in Virginia. They've got a, a store locator um, on fourcraftcocktails.com. Every time I go there, it seems like they're adding more clubs, more courses where you can where you can buy the transfusion in a can and, and drink during your round. Also available at just about every Total Wine in Northern Virginia. Um, and I know they're, they're working diligently to uh, get approval to be available and, and for sale in Washington, DC, in Maryland, North Carolina, South Carolina. Uh, so stay tuned. And if, you, and if you go to your local course or club, ask them if they have four craft cocktails. Uh, if not, if they're familiar with them and when they're going to get them. It's delicious drink. Premix, premium vodka, grape juice, ginger ale, lime juice, ready to go. Not a mixer, already mixed. Uh, I enjoy them very much. Forecraftcocktails.com. Did you watch the uh, in the in the press conference? You mentioned uh, you were all all over the Caps playoff run. Did you watch the Caps game last night? Yeah, I did. That was uh, that was pretty disappointing. <laughs> uh, Brutal. I mean, I, I I do feel like the Panthers outplayed the Caps for the for most of the game, but, um, that just felt like a typical caps playoff loss. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, I've, I mean, it was like, I haven't watched them too much in the, in the regular season. My dad was like, I was watching the game with my dad and he was like, he was like, I've watched the caps a lot this year. And he's like, I've seen, I've seen this have like once they scored the goal in the second, in the third period with like two minutes left, he's like, He's like, I've seen this too many times this year. I know how this game ends. And I was like, just relax. Like, it's fine. And then sure enough, they scored in overtime. And he was like, he was like, I saw that coming from a mile away. And I was like trying to keep a positive outlook. But I, I, I mean, I felt it inside too. I felt like once, the, you know, once the, the Panthers scored, I was like, man, they have all the momentum. I felt like they looked a little sharper. I felt like they were getting more chances. Although the Caps had like, I don't know what three to five like good breakaway chances, and they did like they barely got a shot off like on yeah. those breakaway chances. It was like we were both just like, "Are you kidding me? Like, how do you not get like a better <laughs> shot off than that?" Um, but that was uh, it's a, it's like of course they missed the empty netter by three inches, and then thirty seconds later they score, and then they lose in overtime. It's like they had a chance to 
not put the series away, but definitely have a a stranglehold on the series. And now it's like, now it turns into a best of three with, you know, possibly playing two games in, in, in Florida. What's the, the announcers back in the studio were like almost got in a heated argument talking about whether or not he should have, I think it was uh, Garnet Hathaway, whether he should have gone for the empty net uh, as opposed to just kick it out and waste time and control. it. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, one other quick hockey question. Have you ever seen, because I made a whole t-shirt out of this. I'm just curious if you've ever seen Have you ever seen the YouTube video of Ovechkin playing at Springfield Golf and Country Club where he claims he got a hole in one? I have seen that video. It, it was, I mean, I probably saw that video of like seven or eight years ago. I mean, it's it's a while ago now, right? Like it's, yes. um, I mean, did he actually make a hole in one? Who knows? But he claimed because there there have been interviews since over the years where he's been asked about it, and he and he and he says straight face, yeah, I've played golf once and I have a hole in one. I mean, my <laughs> brother would be pretty upset. My brother's been playing golf for thirty years and he doesn't have a hole in one. He's a pretty good player, so he yeah. he would he probably despises Ovechkin or his comments about it. <laughs> right? Yeah, I've been playing for thirty years myself. I'm not any good, but I don't have a hole in one myself. Um, they're hard. They're you got to hit. Got a good shot, but you also got to get a little lucky. Do you have do you have your own count? Uh, I have four. Yeah, I've actually um, I made one my my last year at UVA, and that was my first one. And then I made one a second a second ball in a practice round at a U.S. Open. I counted it at the time because I hadn't. I only had one other hole in one. Um, but then I made three hole in ones a year ago. Like I made three hole in ones in nine months. So then I kind of. Now that I have four, I kicked that second ball practice round out <laughs> because it just didn't seem doesn't seem real. Um, right. So I have a, a fake five and a, a real four. <laughs> Got it. Well, that's four or five more than most. Um, all right. So we're. Today's Tuesday. We're a couple days removed from the Wells Fargo Championship. Uh, obviously, you know there was a lot of press with you because you're, you're, you're the hometown guy. You did, a, you know, I, I counted. You did three different press conferences. A lot of, lot of local folks. A lot of interviews. Two days away from it. You know, what's the overall take of the whole, the whole week? Um. Yeah, I felt like I played like two or three tournaments in one. Honestly, I'm. I've, pretty spent the last uh few days i haven't even i didn't think about picking up a club yesterday probably not picking up a club today and i probably won't do anything tomorrow <laughs> um but it was a great week um uh i mean just to have all the family and friends out there and um feel the juices early in the tournament um i think i mentioned to a couple reporters that you know thursday and friday kind of felt like a they kind of felt like sundays to me honestly like i haven't you know, I've been there a few times this year where, where I've been in the mix on Sunday. Um, and I love, I mean, I love that feeling. And I kind of felt a little of that Thursday and Friday, having having a nice crowd, playing well. Name was t- towards the top of the board. Um, it felt really, it felt really good, honestly. Um, and, Thursday you know, was a scene. Thursday was Yeah, great. it was great. I mean, that, obviously the weather, that was the best weather day too. So, um a little disappointing with how I finished. Um, you know, once I kind of realized on Sunday, you know, midway through the back nine, you know, even a couple holes into the back nine that I probably didn't have a chance to win anymore. Um, it was a little deflating. I tried to do my best to kind of keep my head on straight and still get a good finish out of it. But that it's just like, 
you know, I, I wanted to win the tournament so bad. And sometimes, you know, I know what it feels like to want it too bad. And, but I didn't really sense that when I was, you know, out there, like I was still like each hole just felt like such a journey with that type of weather. Like each hole was like its own journey slash battle and like with the rain and the, and the wind and, you know, dealing with trying to keep things dry and it's a hilly golf course, trying to catch your breath. Like, you know, if, if you hit it in the rough, like it, it just, it, it, it was just such a battle every hole. Um, it was just, it, it was exhausting. Like I, after Fridays and Saturdays round, like I went to bed for like, I ate dinner. Like we ate like a late dinner at my parents' house, like eight thirty dinners. And I went to bed like right after, like I couldn't even keep my eyes open after dinner. Um, and it was a lot of fun. I think the weather, um, I would have really preferred if it didn't rain and stayed fast and firm just because that plays more into my hands. Me being a not so long hitter um, and cold, um, the golf course just played really long for me. And as much as I would have loved to just try and grind it out, um, I just had a lot of, a lot of long clubs um, and it just didn't really, it played more into the hands of somebody who hit it a little further as a, as a Max Homa, a Keegan Bradley, a Rory McIlroy, right. um, you know, it didn't quite play as long for them as it did for, for me. I have a few grand I want to talk about because thir- Thursday was a lot of fun. I, I, I followed you your last thing. I picked you, you started on 10. I picked you up around 17 or 18. So I, I followed your last like 10 or 11 holes and the scene around the scores table was just really cool. But before I get there, like, I'm just kind of curious, and this is kind of just a general question because you mentioned it, like on Sunday, when you do realize that like I'm probably this, this probably isn't my day. I'm not going to win it. I was talking with a buddy of this. Like, how hard is it to like maintain, you know, good? Because I mean, golf's hard enough as it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I think when you, you know, it's almost in 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 my experiences, like when you're there most of the week, which which I was, I was there Thursday and Friday in the mix. Um, Saturday, a little bit of a setback. You know, I was four back going into Saturday, and then I go into Sunday six back. But I still felt like with how hard it was playing Saturday, like even though I was like three, four over at whatever, um, I still, you know, I, I chipped in on 18 for birdie, which felt like, you know, that was like if I don't get that up and down and make bogey, like I'm out of the tournament, I fall back to even, and, you know, then I'm eight back. But chipping in on Saturday, like it was a tough day, but and that being my only birdie, chipping in and maybe having a two-shot swing to only be six back felt like, okay, like that was a nice little boost. Like I'm ready to go into Sunday. You know, anything can happen. It's going to play tough against Sunday. Um, you know, I, I know I'm playing well enough and putting well enough where like, you know, I who knows? I could go out and make a couple birdies early, you know, feel, feel the hot putter and just kind of like, you know, go unconscious. Um, once that didn't really happen, um, you know, I did, I did birdie 10 to get back to even for the day. I think I was like five back at the time. And then 11's the hard, probably the hardest hole in the course. And I had a decision to make. It was like, I was in between four iron and hybrid. The way I was playing 11, I was playing 11 pretty conservatively. Um, you know, four iron would have been almost like a layup short left of the green. I was in between four iron and hybrid. It was like, well, I'm at a point where like, I probably got to, give myself a look here and try and make birdie. Um, and I hit hybrid. It ended up in a bad spot, ended up making bogey. 
And that was kind of like, man, I just, it was kind of deflating. I just made a good birdie on 10. Felt like I had to go for something a little special on 11. Didn't happen. And then it's like, then it's like, man, I guess. And then I hit it out of bed, hit the car path, went out of bounds on 13. It was like, well, shit, there, 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 there it kind of goes. And, um, you know, it didn't like rattle me that much at the time, but it definitely just took a lot of wind out of, you know, a lot of wind out of me. It was pretty deflating. Um, it's almost easier. Like if I had started the day in 40th and had a good round going and like, it's almost like when you, when you have something going and you're in 20th place and like you feel more energy to kind of like go make another birdie or two and finish 10th or fifth. But like when you were, when I was around fifth place all week and dropped down to 20th, 25th with like a couple holes to go, it just like, doesn't feel as it, it just feels, you know, you have a little more taken out of you. Like you don't feel as energized. Whereas like if you're coming from behind and, and making that charge to 20th, you know what I mean? Like, dude, does yeah, that sure. make sense? Like, totally. it just, it, it was just a, it was a weird feeling, but um, it was it, still did- a great week. Is there any difference? I mean, obviously this was a tournament probably more so than most others that you really wanted to win. But like when you're, you know, around 20th, I think you finished 25th, like, do you care if you come in 17th or 19th? Like, Um, yeah, you know, at the, at the time it, no, but then like, you look back at it, you're like, man, if I just, you know, didn't make that silly bogey, like, cause every point in dollar matters at the end of the year, I've experienced that. Um, you know, I experienced that a few years ago when I, I was finished the regular season 63rd. And then like the first playoff event, I made the cut. I ended up, you know, being 72nd or something and missing out on the second playoff event by like, you know, five or 10 points or something. So at the time you're like, yeah, like at the time it's like, man, it's just, I don't even, I don't care that much right now, but I've, that's not, that wasn't my attitude. It was still like, man, I still want to try and grind this out and have a good finish. It's just, it's just harder, you know, after four days of what I went through and like the weather we had, it was just, it was, I was just tired. I was, I was emotionally and physically kind of spent. So it's hard to like, and I spent so much grind. Like I made a lot of, I made a lot of really good saves for par and bogey. Um, and you know, once it gets down to that, like, it's like, I just didn't really have that much left in me to like, to really make that final push to finish 15th. Like that, yeah. it's like, that's, that's the best I was going to do once it got to a certain point. Um, so, well, well, Thursday was, I, I, Thursday was a lot of excitement. Obviously it was, it was round one, but what was, what was really cool about your round on Thursday was I, I, I think Jason Day finished in, in first place, but when you are in the lead at, at the end of Thursday, but when you finished, you were in the lead, you had a nice little crowd and like just the scene around the scores table. Like I saw your mom getting interviewed, your dad, I think was getting interviewed like two guys, I think were maybe like your grade school teachers or coaches or something. They were getting interviewed and like, yeah, you know, I saw Steve Buckhans was running around and like, it was just like, it was, it was almost like this little, I think some of your buddies were probably there. It just, you know, I didn't, I didn't really know anyone personally, but it, it seemed like almost a little, like there was this little party just kind of seeing you do so well on the first day. There was a lot of excitement. What, what did that feel for you? Yeah, that felt great. I mean, like I said, it kind of felt a little bit like a Sunday and everyone was probably acting too much. Like it was a Sunday, you know, it was just the first round of the tournament. Obviously it was cool that, you know, I had a share of the lead at the time, but in my mind, it was like, 
yeah, it felt like a Sunday, but in my mind, I was like, it's just a good start. Like it's, it's a good start. Like for me to like, you know, really wanting to win the tournament, I had to, I had to be like, you know, this is just a good start. There's a lot of golf left. I'm uh, like, I, I didn't want to like, get out like, oh man, I'm leading the tournament. Like, this is amazing. Like, yeah, it is amazing, but it's like, it's, I, I was still, you know, there's still, there was still a lot of golf that had to be played. And if I wanted to truly win the tournament, I couldn't get caught up in that. And it was nice to, you know, have that moment, I guess, where, you know, I, I had a good first round to see my name up on the board, but to me, it was just like, it was just a, it was a good start to what I was trying to accomplish that week. Yeah, sure. Uh, what are your thoughts? I'm just kind of curious about, uh, your thoughts on the course, how it handled the rain. I'm curious, like, did you get any, any chatter from other players about like, were they complaining about the rain? I mean, obviously the, the rain was done. They're probably complaining about the rain. It wasn't ideal, but just yeah. the, the, the overall feedback on, on TPC Potomac. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it held up great in the rain. Um, uh, you know, I think the, they have sub air greens, which is basically they can kind of suck the moisture out of the greens. So I think the really hard part was, you know, it's why it made it such a hard test on the weekend is that the fairways were still wet, really wet. Like we weren't getting any roll in the fairways and the greens actually firmed up a little bit. So that's when I, you know, when I mentioned to you earlier that it became a tall task for me because I'm not the longest hitter. So I'm not getting any roll. I mean, I was hitting some drives like 260, you know, cold, windy into the rain. And then I'm left with a four or five iron into the green, you know, a small slivered angled green with a tough pin. And I'm coming in with a four or five iron to a green that has firmed up actually because yeah. of the way the greens are there. Um, so, I mean, it was different. It was a, a lot different holes that I'm used to hitting, you know, seven, eight, nine iron. in. I was hitting four, four, five or six iron in to a green that's, you know, angled, like I said, tough pin, um, actually some bounce in the green. It's like, I'm not, I'm not just going to stuff this four iron as much as I'd love to, like a good shot here would be 30, 40 feet. Whereas yeah. Rory McIlroy in the group behind me is going to drive it 40 yards past me. And he's going to have that seven, eight, nine iron that, you know, that I would like to have to this pin, but I just, you know, and that's something I talked to my caddy about. Um, you know, I, I've, tr I've never really like gone on a speed chase. I think I, I'm athletic enough where I could go probably gain a little bit of speed without getting too crazy. Um, but I'm just like, I'm driving it so straight right now. Or like, I don't want to go try and chase my something risk. and like lose my accuracy. So I got, I got caught kind of in a hard spot there on the weekend. Um, I thought the course held up great. Obviously the, there are a lot of walks and low spots that were really muddy. Um, but the fact that we played without any delays, really, I mean, the tea times on Friday, my afternoon tea time got pushed back 10 minutes, but the fact that we were able to play with no real delays, um, I mean, speaks speaks volumes to the crew and probably the work they had to do to kind of get the course ready. And um, the fact that we played with no delays is, is kind of incredible. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, in fact, the, the 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 podcast before this one on 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 Beltway Golfer was the director of golf course maintenance, uh, just kind of talking about um, uh, pre tournament. Sat down with them last week. Yeah. Um, so. I also want to ask you about, so on Wednesday, I followed you around a little bit. You, you played in a pro-am with some of the, the first T folks 
Yeah. And one of the gentlemen that was in your group, I don't know if you know this, his name is uh, Leonard Long. He played at Morehouse, but yeah, he, he was, was, really he was on this podcast as well. He's my guy. How, uh, let's, yeah. can you, can you give me some critique of his game. Yeah. Leonard was great. I, I loved his move. I was like, uh, I guess he was doing, he played, they played with Rory on the front and yeah. uh, Jakari and Leonard, I guess, did an interview with Rory after they were good players. And then like Leonard and Jakari came on like 11 and, and, Lenard hit this like two iron off 11 and ended up going the water. But I was like, man, that was a nice move. Like who is it? Like that was a nice move. He smoked it. I was like, who is this guy? And then he started hitting some shots. I was like, man, this guy's pretty good. And I got to talking to him. He said he played uh, in college. And I was like, yeah, you got a nice, you got a nice game, man. Like your, your, your action's nice. <laughs> and he was like, oh, that. thank you. Thank you, man. Yeah. I think I tracked you guys on 12 and he had actually, he made uh I don't know. He made like a 20 footer, I think. On, yeah, on, he on did. 12. Yeah. Yep. He did. He made another birdie. He had another close shot. I think he birdied 17 and maybe he made like probably two or three birdies when we we're, he stuffed a wedge on 15. He birdied 15. Um, but I was, yeah, I was impressed with his, with his action. So that leads me into my, my next thing, which is, I, I think I saw, I saw Justin Ray tweet out the other day that since 20, I can't remember if it was 2018 or 2019, but you're still over four years leading the PGA tour in strokes game putting over a four, four or five year stretch. Um, so if Leonard was smart, he was, he was asking you for some putting tips. Um, you know, what's the, uh, you know, I'm sure this is the most common question you get, but you know, what's, what, how did you become such a good putter? Like when, when, when did that start? It just, I think it's more of a mindset, honestly. Um, I've always been a competitor and a grindy athlete. And like, I've just always tried to find little ways to get better. I think I mentioned that um, when you were there in the press conference a week ago, Tuesday, like me finding ways to get better. Um, and, you know, I've, I've never really had a putting coach. So like, I've always just kind of like, almost like trial and error with my putting, like what works well for me and like, what do I see well on certain putts? What are my tendencies on left to righters to see? And like, what are my tendencies on right to lefters? Just like, just like experience of all the golf that I've played in trial and error. Like I, I've just like collected so much data in my head. Um, and there's a lot that goes on in my head, like while I'm putting, but I feel like it's my, my, what I do in my putting is actually very simple. Like, even though there, there's a lot of things going on that I'm processing in my brain, I feel like what I, what I actually do is very simple. Is there something like when you're back home, like, I don't know if you're, if you're playing with some of your buddies from Argyle or some of your high school teammates or, or what, but when you see non-pro golfers and you see them on the green, you know, you're one of the best putters in the world. Um, you know, what, is there something common that you see your, your, your amateur buddies do on the putty green that you're about? You, yeah. You know? I, I think a lot of it starts with green reading. Like, obviously you got to be in the right ballpark of where, you know, you're looking. Um, I think I've always seen things very well. Um, just the ability to read the greens and then kind of translate that into like, okay, how am I gonna, you know, this putt's going in at eight o'clock and like, you know, this ball mark is a great like aiming point, great apex or great start point to kind of like where I want my ball kind of curving around. Um, so like just, and I've mentioned this before, um, like treating it more as an art form, like being artistic with it and having fun with it, as opposed to like worrying about my stroke. And like, I do a couple drills to kind of groove my stroke, but then like, once I do that, like, I'm not, I'm not thinking about what I'm doing in my stroke. I'm thinking about 
you know, the art of each putt. Like I, li- I like to line my ball up. So I'm lining it up at the spots that I've picked and tracked for my ball to kind of enter the hole. And um, yeah, I, I see a lot of amateurs just kind of be like, what do you think? Like a, like, like a 20 footer. They'll be like, what do you think? Just like a cup out left. I'm like, well, I don't really look at it like that. I mean, it could be, yeah, it could be a cup out left. It could be a two cups out left, but I kind of just see it rolling over this spot. Like for me, picking something more as like an intermediate target helps me a lot more um, as opposed to like, just like looking a cup out left from a, from 20 feet away. That doesn't help. That doesn't help me that much. Like it's hard for me to aim at a cup out left from a 20, from 20 feet away. Like, I see something that's maybe in line with that, but, you know, 15 feet closer to me, you know, five feet from my ball that I see. Um, It's just easier for me to kind of like process like how the putt's going to like be rolling throughout the entire way, as opposed to just saying this putt's a cup out left from 20, 20 feet. Were you always like going back to your, your youth uh, golf days? Were you always kind of like that was your putting was your thing? That's what's st- that's what. Um, no, I, I honestly like as a yeah, I probably started playing competitive golf when I was like eight or nine, maybe ten. Um, started playing some tournaments, um, and no, I actually I actually struggled a little bit. Um, struggled a little bit to a point where like, man, I was playing really well, but shooting pretty poor scores because I was having thirty eight putts around, and um, and I think it just like kind of lit a fire in me, like. Man, if I want to like, I'm playing good. If I want to be like good at golf, like I mean, I can't be putting like like this. I'm putting like a two year old out here. Um, so I think it just kind of lit a fire in me, and then just gradually kept getting better. By the time I got to eighth grade high school, I was getting to be a really good putter. Um, and you know, just like I said, the process of like experience and trial and error and finding out what works for me. Um, was just like it was just me always trying to find a way to get better um and like i just kind of found found little things here and there that like i would stick like just trying things and like oh no that doesn't really work for me or like trying something like oh i really like i really like this and then sticking with it or something you did go to um you spent your high school years at i think the only high school that's got its own golf course in the dc area I don't know. I don't know how many holes are left, like five or seven. Have you been back there? I'd never played the old course. That, well, you know, they said so like the old course used to wrap around like the whole school and that and that doesn't exist anymore. That's like, you know, that's a new baseball field. That's a parking lot now. So it's all right in front. Um, right this on is Georgetown Rockwell, Prep in case anybody. Georgetown Prep. Yeah. Yep. Um, so it's right in front of Boland, uh, Boland Hall, the main main building at Prep. Um, right up in front of the school it's probably like I played it a few times when I was there it's probably like six or seven holes and you can make it nine holes by you know having an alternate tee or an alternate green and kind of mix matching a tee and like you know another whatever another green you can make it nine holes um I've so I probably haven't been there in 10 years or so but um, is that, I, I, but is that the practice course for the team? N- no, they they play their matches at they play their matches at um, at other courses. We played Norbeck a bunch when I was there. We played Argyle a handful of times. We played Columbia Country Club a handful of times. Um, they they might use it to maybe mess around here and there, but they're not. I don't think they're going out there to practice and work on their game that much. I think it's just kind of like a for fun thing. And 
um, for like the prep golf camp. So I don't know if you knew this. I posted this on Instagram, but but my question to you in the press conference last week was my very first question as a credentialed media in a press conference, and and uh, asked you about <laughs> about about some hoops, and and didn't know that you were uh, going to shoot around with Anthony Gill. Was that put together by the PGA Tour? Because I saw their video yes. later. Yeah. So they they approached me in Hilton Head, um, you know, two or three weeks prior to to TPC Potomac, Wells Fargo. Um, they're like, you know, we know you play basketball in high school and we know you're a pretty good shooter. Would you be interested in, you know, w- would you be interested if we set something up with you and a Wizards player at their arena or their practice facility? I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like, I would love that. Um, and then they contacted me, you know, a week before the tournament saying, uh, you know, we set something up uh, for you to shoot with Anthony Gill, who's on the Wizards. He went to UVA. Um, would you like, would you be interested in doing this Tuesday afternoon at so-and-so? I'm like, yep, done. I'd love to. And so, uh, honestly, that was, that was a nice little break. It was like, I had already done, I'd done some nice prep work like Sunday, Monday. And then I got out there Tuesday morning and did some nice work. And like, I didn't need to do much else. Like I, I practiced a little, but my, my work on the course was done. So like, that was just like a nice little break. You know, I spent the whole afternoon playing basketball shooting hoops you know something else I love to do outside of golf like I was still being active but like that was something nice to just kind of like take me away from the golf course a little bit um and that was so much fun um like I have a basketball hoop in my in my backyard at my house and I shoot every now and then but I haven't hadn't really shot in a while um so to kind of walk in there and feel like it was just like riding a bike was was pretty cool I shot I shot really well and that I did miss a few shots for, for everyone wondering out there. The video makes it seem like I never missed. Uh, I missed a few, but I did shoot the ball very well in that, in that, those few hours. Um, uh, I, want, I want to talk a little bit about, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of a hoops head. I'm actually, I'm, I've been a wizard season ticket holder for like, for too long. I, 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 I got wizard season tickets the day after they dra- drafted John Wall. So it's been a little bit of a tough run, but it, it, a couple, yeah. couple good years there. Um, <laughs> Do you follow, what do you follow more? Do you follow UVA hoops or, or NBA I, or? I follow UVA more. I watch, I don't really watch that much NBA regular season. It just doesn't, it just doesn't really do it for me. Um, the excitement's just not there. Um, like I, I watch a, a couple regular season games. Like I love watching the Warriors, Steph Curry. I love the way, like, I love the way they play basketball. Like they're just zipping the ball around, moving the ball around, just getting open shots. Like I, I love the way that the Warriors play. So to me, like Steph Curry, if I'm awake and he's on TV, like I feel like he's must like I need to watch it for at least like 30 minutes. Like I need to watch what he does. Like it's just he's just an incredible athlete. Like what he's done is amazing. And I love watching him. Um he's like, I'm, a little, I'm I'm a little Good. jealous of of like Steph Curry. Like that's like basketball was my first love. Like I want to be someone like Steph Curry. Like I wish I was out there running around, like shooting three pointers in front of a huge crowd and he does it and he puts on a show every night. Like he's must watch TV. Um, and I've been following some of these playoff games. Um, I watch, it's hard to watch those West coast games. They come on at 10 o'clock, like especially the last week or two, I've been tired. I'm in bed by 10, 10 30. So, um, I watched a little bit of like the Bucks Celtics game last night. That's going to be a good series now, tied to all. Um, yeah. But I'd say my, I watch UVA basketball whenever they're on TV. If if I have the chance to watch it, I'm watching UVA basketball. 
Um, yes, yeah, so I saw some somebody tweeted out after that video of the PGA Tour and you you draining threes that you know UVA sometimes struggles a little bit on the offensive side of the uh, side of the floor that that, that maybe yeah, they do. You, you can get some you can get some minutes out there. Um, have you been following the Steph Curry uh, Howard golf um, story there and, and the donation? You know, not, to... not not really. I I I, I know about it and um, I know just through Argyle. I'm pretty sure that he gives gave them a membership or bought a membership for the players to practice at Argyle. I believe. Uh, yeah, that that's that. So that became their home course. I actually yes. went out to Argyle a couple of weeks ago, and and the Howard University golf team they held their uh, MEAC conference championship at Argyle, which they won just a couple weeks ago. Right. So I, I I feel like somebody mentioned that to me a little while ago, but like I was playing Argyle. Um, I can't. Maybe when I came back for Christmas, or maybe it was just last week, but. Um, my brother's the president of Argyle and he mentioned that and I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Like I, I kind of knew that in the back of my head, but just somebody saying it again, I was like, oh, that's right. Like they do play here and, and Steph did kind of hook them up here. Like that's, that's awesome. I think that's, I think that's so cool. Um, and I know Steph's an avid golfer, so, um, I'm sure he just wants the, he wants those kids to have a place to play and like, just have fun. And cool. I think it's really cool what he's doing. So have you been uh, at Argyle since like like way back when? Like how long have you been at, at Argyle? Yeah, I mean, I grew up, my parents grew up members there. Not grew up members there, but I, you know, I've been a member. My parents have since I was, basically since I was a baby. So I grew up playing junior golf there. Um, you know, we have a couple pictures. I don't know if my parents still have them, but like I'm like two years old with like a little cut down club and like I'm teeing up like a rainbow rainbow colored ball in the ground or something at Argyle when I was like two or three years old. So I literally, as I began to walk, like I was playing golf, like holes out at Argyle with my dad. And um, so that's, that's my second home. That's where I learned how to play golf. And that's where I grew up loving the game. Um, Argyle was so good. There were so many, it's just such a great place to go play golf. Like it's, you know, it's, it's definitely not like the most challenging course, but it's a great place to learn how to like go like hit shots. There's a lot of hilly, uneven lies, like great place to just learn how to like score and like figure out how to get the ball in the hole, if that makes sense. Like, um, it was just such a fun course to play growing up and have kids my age to go play with. Argyle was always so great with like letting the junior, like very friendly to the juniors to just be able to let them come out and basically play whenever. Um, very lucky to grow up at a place like RL. What about just golf in general in this area? I mean, playing, I mean, you had, you were one of the most decorated kind of youth golfers, amateur golfers that come out of this area, multiple Walker Cups, Maryland State Amateur Championship, like two or three times. How many times did you win that? Maryland Amateur. Uh, I won the Maryland Am twice and the Maryland Open three times. Wow. Uh, and Junior Ryder Cup. Uh, so Junior Ryder Junior Ryder Cup, uh, World Am, and Walker Cup. So next, next step is uh, Presidents Cup and Ryder Cup. There we go. <laughs> and may, maybe you know, you, maybe you'll still be around when when the Ryder Cup comes back to Congressional, which is I don't even like fourteen years from now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, uh, golf but, this, the, the golf in this area is amazing. Like you know, you, Woodmont um, grew up playing the Bobby Gore, and there we played the South Course, but now I get to play the north course all the time for the u.s open sectional um 
Baltimore Country Club, unbelievable. They have two courses there. The East course is obviously phenomenal. Um, they've had talk. I think they used to have a Champions Tour event there and been some talks that there could be a, you know, a, a tour event playoff there, event there. Um, Columbia Country Club, another place that I love, like Hilly, Donald Ross, like all back to front, fast greens, got to think your way around. Like there's just, there's so many courses around here that are just like, all great golf courses but all like all different like all different sure. styles um and it's just such a great area for golf have you played congressional since the the redo i haven't i actually uh drove i drove by it pretty much every day and just seeing it it looks so different there's no trees i actually pulled up uh, i got backed up right when i was on like where the fifth hole is of the blue course on uh on Bradley Road. I don't know if you're familiar with where yep. that is. I was yep. basically leaving the course one day. I was backed up um, at that light, like the intersection of like Bradley and River Road. Mm -hmm. And I was like sitting there and I pulled up Google Earth and I literally went through every hole of the blue course because I hadn't really seen it and I haven't been there. So I went through every hole in the blue course to look at the routing and what, what they did to change each hole and I think I thought it looked unbelievable um I've heard obviously you can't see what the green contours are on Google Earth um but the greens I've heard I've heard mixed reviews I've heard a lot of people that like it and I've heard a lot of people say that the greens are a little too much I guess they're they put a lot of humps and bumps and ridges in the greens um so it sounds like some some holes could probably be a little too much some holes could probably you know some holes probably work really well i don't i don't know I'd, but i'd love to get out there and play it yeah i'm excited I've, I've i haven't been out there since the renovation i've been on, on the property to look at it but i haven't played it but excited to see because the uh the kpmg lpga championships lpga championships there next month okay uh, is it really i didn't yeah, know that the, the last week in june so that's uh that's kind of it's time to shine on tv so i'm excited oh, about very that. cool yeah i'm gonna have to watch that if i'm not in town i'm gonna have to get that on the, the tv and and take a look at the course um so you so you call um well before i i was i'm gonna get to jupiter where, where you call home now um yep. being as good as you were as young as you were uh playing the course as you were um did you did you play any or much and i only asked this coming from because i i mean while you were playing argyle i was playing northwest right across the street did you play much public public golf at all in there no uh, maybe some like maybe some like titleist tour events growing up um I, I have played Northwest Park probably two or three times. I can't, I mean, that was little. Um, I'm trying to think where else I would have played. I've definitely played some high school matches at like Needwood. I don't know if you know where Needwood is. Oh, yeah. I, I played, played uh, it a ton. Played some high school matches at Needwood. Um, I'm trying to think. There's definitely some more in there. Um, have you ever stepped foot on any of the... Yeah. Hampshire Greens. I played Hampshire Greens a, a, a handful of times growing up. I think there was a Maryland State Junior at Hampshire Greens when I was like 13, maybe uh, 12 or 13. Um, so, so I have played some some handful of public golf courses in the area. You also you mentioned that you normally do the U.S. Open qualifier at Woodmont. I'm actually I've done it the last like seven years at Woodmont. I'm actually not doing it there this year. I'm actually doing it in Columbus. Um, uh. Because I'm planning on playing, I'm playing Colonial and Memorial back-to-back -back weeks, and wow. I'm already going to be in Columbus, and it worked out well last year because I missed the cut, so I was able to come home. But if I 
if I play and play well at Memorial, which I plan on doing, um, it would be really hard to fly Sunday night to get back to Maryland. And then I would have to go play 36 the next day. Whereas like, and it's only two or three spots at Woodmont out of a hundred guys. Whereas the Columbus site, there's a, it's the most tour pros there, but they give out like 16 spots there. So it's easier yeah. this year. Um, I haven't played my best at Woodmont the last few years, so I'm going to, I'm going to give it a rest for this year, but I'm dev I definitely plan on, well, maybe, well, I don't know if I want to say plan on it because I'd like to just, you know, be automatically qualified for the U S open in years to come. But right. for this year, for this year, I'm going to, I'm going to play the Columbus site. Um, hopefully have a great week at Memorial and then uh, qualify for the U S open the day after and be at Brookline because that place is sweet and I'd really like to play in this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, um, that would be awesome. Have you ever to, to do a total 180 on quality or, or on prestige of course, have you ever stepped foot on any of the, uh, the courses in, in DC, like East Potomac and the shadow of the Washington Monument? No, I've had, I have some high school buddies that play that have played East Potomac a handful of times. Um, it looks like a fun golf course. I mean, it, it looks like you, you it's pretty open. You can kind of just like hit it, go find it and hit it again. Sure. Um, which is, you know, which is when golf is fun. It's like, I can just step up and make a free swing and not worry about it going out of bounds. That's just what the course looks like. I don't know what it is actually, but when my, it, it, it is posted, that for the most part. Yeah. When my, when my buddies have posted like pictures and videos of it, I'm, I, I'm like, man, that place looks wide open, but kind of looks fun to play. Well, there's a there's a great, and this is related because it's, it's a fellow pro uh, golfer from UVA. I can't remember what year this was, but Steve Marino played oh, yeah. played East Potomac with a Washington Post journalist. Like Stevie. I don't I don't know, 15, 20 years ago. It's a really funny article because he plays with his journalist in East Potomac, and it's just you know what what would a pro shoot? I don't remember what he shot, but it wasn't as good as you would think. Yeah, and this is what he was when he was still relatively new on tour, and the the only quote I remember. You can still find it online. The article is just like how the how the how the heck does anybody make any putts out? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna look this up and because I I play with Steve a decent amount at home in Jupiter. He lives down there too. We're both members at Medalist, and okay. I actually played I actually played with Steve Friday before I I flew home Friday night last week, and I played with Steve that Friday morning, and he was actually coming up here to Monday qualify. He missed in a playoff uh, at Cattail. I saw that by like Cat a stroke. Creek. Yeah. Well, he was he was in the playoff. He was in a four for one playoff. Oh, he, he was. Yeah, he was. Um, so that that was that's funny that you bring that up because I I literally just played with him and he was just up here. <laughs> that's a day. I have not met Steve. He's on my list of people I'd love to have on this podcast. Oh, uh, you got he's local, you but I've heard he's also, he's like quite a character. I think yeah, he is he is quite the character. Maybe I, sh I I think I need to set you up with him on. He needs to come on this podcast because you'd have a great chat with him. That would be awesome. <laughs> Um, there's a few UVA guys. I, I'm not super, uh, Ben Coles. He was, he was Ben Coles. Yeah. Well. He's a good. I played, uh, the team event, the Zurich with him three weeks ago. Uh, great buddy of mine. He was, uh, for any UVA people out there, he was a fourth year when I was a first year. That is, that's, uh, he was a senior when I was a freshman, but if you, if you if you went to UVA, you have to say fourth year, first year. Uh, oh, they, don't, so they, don't, they, don't, they don't use the terminology, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. No, yeah, they go. It's first year, second year, third year, fourth year. Oh, I didn't that's know that. what you're. Okay. That's what you're supposed to say. Um, so there you go, all you UVA people that listen to this. Um, but yeah, I only spent one year with him at UVA. We had a great team that year, and uh, he's he's 
he actually won his first two events as a pro. So he graduated in 2012, played a couple amateur events, played played in, in some amateur events. And like his last one was like the Porter Cup, which might have been like my first or second time playing in the Porter Cup. And he played well and finished like 30th or 40th. But he was like, he's like, I'm playing well. He's like, I'm just saving it all for next week. And what he meant by that was he got a sponsor invite into the web.com event for he I think he was like second or third team all American that year. And back back then, if you were an all-American, you got a sponsor invite into the I think it the nationwide, the Saint Saint Jude. No, it was just the nationwide at the, the web event at Columbus um, in Columbus, Ohio. And he got a, a sponsor invite. He turned pro for it and won. And then won the next week on the web.com. So he was basically solidified. He, he locked up his PGA tour card by winning two weeks in a row. Um, and then he kind of struggled after that and spent five or six years on the web tour. Now the corn Ferry tour. And this is his first year back on the, on the PGA tour. So it's good to have him out there. And um, it's good. It's good to see him back playing. Did, playing some did I see, does he, does he have uh, crunchy Pete on his bag? Yes, he does have crunchy Pete on his bag. <laughs> did I yeah, did I see somewhere that that maybe like your aunt and uncle put up some of the caddies, including yes, him? So my 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 uncle Mike and Aunt Kim put up my caddy. Uh, my caddy stayed with them, and uh, Crunchy Pete and Crunchy Pete's twin brother both stayed with uh, both stayed with my my aunt and uncle. So they had I think they had fun. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah. Do you remember was because somebody had told me that you were maybe like a I don't know if, I guess for basketball a, a ball boy at University of Maryland when you were I was, a kid? Like, yeah growing up yeah. Gary Williams like early like early two thousands um, unbelievable that was so yeah. much fun I I grew up a huge Maryland basketball fan and that probably like helped my love for basketball like you know I, I started playing like team basketball when I was in, you know, kindergarten, first grade, you know, rec leagues and stuff. Um, and then, you know, on, on the side, I was, I was going to Maryland basketball games and ball boying and sitting underneath the hoop and watching these, you know, the, those great early 2000 Maryland teams play as like, and I had a front row seat to it. Sure. And I'm on the court with them, you know, giving them passes before the game. It was like, you know, it was as cool as it gets. Uh, Gary's a big golfer. He, is, he he's a member at Manor, right? Or am I making that up? Um, I don't know if he's he might be. Yeah, I, I, I think he might he might be a member at Burning Tree too. Uh, I learned all my he's I learned all my I learned all my cuss words from from Gary Williams too. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I used to go. I went to Gary Williams basketball camp a couple times. Big 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 fan of his. Was Maryland ever in the discussion to instead of UVA for you? No, never. Um. I wanted to get somewhat away from home. Um, I, UVA was perfect. It was it was everything I was looking for in in a school, golf program, coaches, practice facility, um, and it was close enough to home, but also just far enough away where it's like I can come back whenever my parents can come see me whenever. But we don't need to make this like an every week occurrence type of thing. It was you know two and a half hours away. It was good distance. Um, I wanted to be on it a team that, you know, had a chance to win ACC tournaments and national championships. And um, we had some really good teams at UVA. I don't, I don't think I quite would have been able to, to do that at, at Maryland. Um, I got, 
I got to ask you about another golfer who did your exact same path, uh, Georgetown Prep to UVA, a guy that I was not familiar with, but I, I have a hilarious story Greg, meeting. Greg, Greg Carlin? Nope. I, uh, his name's Kevin know? O'Connell. Oh, Kevin O'Connell. Kevin <laughs> O'Connell is, uh, there's only one, there are probably many Kevin O'Connells in the world, but there is only one Kevin O'Connell, and it is that Kevin O'Connell. I mean, he, he is something else, let me tell you. Um, he texts me all the time too. And he's, he's so funny. He'll, I'll just get like this parade of text messages from him. Like be an athlete. You're pure. Keep being pure. Keep UVA golf dominates wins majors. Like keep dominating and winning majors. I'm like, I haven't won any majors yet, Kevin, but (laughs) like just the stuff he says, like, I actually laugh out loud when I'm like reading his text messages. Like he's, 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 uh, he's what, eight or 10 years older than you? Yeah. He's probably, he's probably, he's got to be close to 40, I'd say. Um, And like he might have been on the team. Like you mentioned Marino, like James Driscoll's down in Jupiter too. I play with James Driscoll a little bit as well. Um, I I don't know if all three of them were on a team together. Um, But, Kevin O'Connell. That's so funny you bring him up. He was well, actually out there this week too. He sent me a video and a picture of me. Oh, he um, was at he was at Avenal, really. He was, yeah, he was. Interesting. I met him. This was like three or four years ago. Me and a couple of buddies were uh, we were down kind of in the Delray area. We did a golf trip that coincided with Washington National Spring Training. Yeah, and, he lives in Fort Lauderdale. Right. And we're at we're at a bar after one of our rounds, and I'm wearing a Palm Beach par three hat. And he start he he says something about the golf course. We start talking, um, and we got along got along well quick. And next thing you know, we're we're bar hopping together. And he's giving all my buddies like golf tips, and you know, that's it, so funny. It, it was hilarious. <laughs> that is and, so and funny. It was it was a hilarious night, and that, and we've stayed in touch on social media. Yeah, he's uh, yeah. I'm not surprised you 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 met him out. I'm not surprised you met him out at a bar. Um, and that that's funny. I mean, he I remember the first time I like actually met him and talked to him like he's very personable. Like he, he like he's just so like easygoing and like you can get to like know him and talking to him like super easily. So that instance that you had with him does not surprise me one bit. <laughs> that's funny. Um, so I will ask. Uh, so you, you've been down to Jupiter for a while now. Um, Jupiter is like the, like the hub for, for PGA tour professionals. And, it, um, it's been a few articles. golf digest wrote a big thing, I think uh, a few months ago about like the lifestyle of Jupiter golf, like, uh, paint, paint us a little bit of a scene of, of, of what Jupiter looks like. I mean, and, if, and have you, you played the Michael Jordan's course? That's on my list. Yes, I have. Um, Jupiter, if you like, if you like being on the water, going on boats, if you like having the beach right there at your disposal if you like unbelievable food great restaurants and if you like really good golf courses that's a great place to live and i love all those things so um (laughs) uh, i mean are you going out to are you going out to grab somebody eat just bumping into other tour guys or what uh no because like you know the ricky fowlers and the brooks kepkas and the tiger woods down there they're not really going to restaurants because they would probably get noticed very easily me i'm still at the point in my career where i'm very much under the radar and people don't really know who I am. So it's like, I, I feel like, you know, it's, it's a good thing now. Like, obviously I want to be playing great golf and, and winning tournaments and maybe 
getting notice comes with that. I don't even care about that, but I like being able to go out to nice restaurants and like, you know, going out and having fun with buddies. Like, uh, so to be able to do that and not be like interrupted is, is great. Um, like I'm just like a normal person in that, in, in Jupiter, which is like what I, what is, is what I want. Um, uh, and the golf courses are obviously unbelievable down there. I mean, you can throw a stick and it'll probably land on a, an unbelievable golf course down there. Um, and you did, you did tell, I won't have you tell it again, but I encourage anybody. I, I listened to it. There's another, he's actually a local guy. Uh, Garrett Johnston does a podcast and he had you on yeah. and you, you told a great story about, um, Tiger. first time playing with Tiger. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, at medalist, right? Yeah. Do you want to give you a quick, I'll, Dude, I'll give, give me the, quick, give me the quick one for listeners here. Yeah. So I, I had been playing, this was like a month into shutdown COVID mode. I had been playing with a couple other guys like Peter, Uline, Matt Wolf, um, Bud Cauley, Don Bazzelli, Max, like I've been playing games with other guys for like three weeks, like three, you know, three to five times a week, money games, like everything else was shut down, but golf was open. So like, it was fun. Like we were still out, like it was, the whole world was kind of shutting down, but it was fun. Um, restaurants were open like outside. So like we could do some things, but golf was like the best thing to do. And it was fun to go play like money matches three, five, three to five times a week, whatever. And so I showed up there one day and I didn't really have a game lined up. I was just kind of low on energy. I worked out that morning and I just felt kind of tired. Um, and then I saw like JT and Ricky, who I know pretty well, Justin's my age, Ricky, I had played with a handful of times and they're like, yeah, we're going to go play some holes. We haven't played in a couple of weeks. Uh, we took some off time. Uh, I was like, all right, I'll come play some holes with you guys. And so like we start hitting balls and then all of a sudden Tiger shows up on the range. And like JT and Ricky start talking with them and I'm like, man, are they playing with Tiger? And did I like just crash their kind of, did I just crash their little group? Um, and I was on the range, Tiger just dropped his bag like right next to me. And like, all of a sudden, like my lethargic, no energy turns into like, I just have like all the energy in the world and I'm like, just all jacked up. Um, and <laughs> And I, I had met Tiger, like I wore Nike stuff my first four years as a pro. So I had met him at like a Nike dinner during the Honda Classic, you know, my first year living down in, in Jupiter. So I had met him before. I, he probably didn't really remember me, but I was like, hey, Tiger, I met you at, uh, you know, the dinner at your restaurant at the Woods, you know, four years ago, five years ago. Um, Danny, nice thing. He was like, yeah, yeah, like good to see you again, man. Like. He probably, I don't know if you remember me or not. He said, good to see you. Like, like he remembered who I was. And I was like, okay, that's, that's good enough for me. And then I, you know, headed over towards the putting green area. And then like, you know, we're about to tee off. And I'm like pretty nervous. Cause I know the tiger is playing with this now. And I'm thinking we're going to start, we're going to play like a huge money game. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I'm just like, literally that's like the most nervous I've ever been. And, and, it, but it was, it was so cool because it was like, I felt like I was playing like a Sunday of a major with Tiger and that's what it felt like. Um, we hopped on the first tee, but they didn't really want to play a game because they hadn't been playing like JT and Rick, you're like, ah, oh, we just want to like hit it around. Like we all had our own carts because it was still COVID. So we're playing a foursome with four carts and it was kind of just like a hit and giggle round, you know, just hitting shots for fun. But in my mind, I'm kind of like treating it like, man, I kind of want to play. I, I, I'm, I'm nervous. Like I'm treating it like a real round because I want to play well in front of Tiger. 
I made some shaky pars on one and two, like good up and downs from the bunkers on one and two. And then I birdied like three, four. Can't remember what holes are I birdied, but I hit it to like a tap in on nine. And I'm like, man, I just turned and I just turned in five under bogey free five under on the front. That was pretty good. Um, and we're playing the tiger tees, which is like, you have the black tees at medalist, which is like 7,200 yards. And the tiger tees are a separate set of tees that are much farther back. So wow. I'm going well over the 30 seconds to a minute that I told <laughs> you, by the way. It's, it's a great story. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I figured whoever is listening to this podcast will love this story. Yeah. Um, but so I turn, I'm like, shit, like I'm five under. And then I start to get like, I was like comfortable, relaxed. Like we're shooting the shit with Tiger, having a good time. And then I'm like, then I start thinking about my score because, you know, it's only natural. Like I just counted up that I shot five under. And then I make like two back-to-back great putts on like 10-11 for birdie. And so I'm seven under through 11. I birdie 13, a par five, eight under through 13. I'm like approaching course record from the Tiger tee playing with Tiger. I'm like, I mean, now that's just like, it, it became a little too much for me. And then I'm like, now I'm like not focused on like, just like having and a good time and talking to them. Now I'm like trying to like, in my mind, I'm like, man, I'm eight hundred thirteen. I like it'd be pretty cool to shoot the course record or tie. The is he, is he acknowledging this heater you're on? Nobody. N- they knew I was making putts. Like I made a couple of putts, and he was like, Gee, like he was like, man, like I missed a putt, and he was like, I'm, I finally missed a putt. He was like, what the hell happened there? Like, like what's what's wrong? What's what's wrong with you now? Like how how come you're not making that one? Um. So it was, it was such a fast round. We played in like two, two and a half hours and like everyone was just kind of like firing shots while, while other people were hitting shots. I don't know if they necessarily knew that I was like eight under, they knew I was playing well. Um, but I knew I was eight under, um, I think I made a birdie and a bogey coming in. I ended up shooting like eight under, um, but it was just really cool. Um, especially just in that atmosphere, it was super talkative, like super relaxed and chill. And this was like, this was the week of the masters. So he had just won it in 19. He won the masters in 19. And then, you know, he was, his game was, was sharp that day. Like he was ready for the masters that year. Like his game was, this is, super, this is 2020 when the this masters is 2020. Got this is it. This is a year later after he won yeah. the masters, but we're playing like the day we played was like during like the week of the masters. It might've even right. been, uh, cause they shut down. When did everything yeah. get shut down? Like Mar- mid March, second, like, second week of March, right? Yeah. Mid March. So yeah. the masters was coming up in two weeks, basically a couple weeks after the players when, when we got shut down and that's kind of when we played, we played like the first, first or second week of April when the masters would have been going on. And his game was, was looking good. Like he was flushing irons, flagging irons, driving it straight. Like it was I was like, man, this is really cool. Tiger's just Tiger's just being Tiger in front of me right now. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, do you it think Tiger? Awesome. I mean, at the time, you are the you you were the number one putter on tour. I mean, Tiger's. Yeah, can, wonder, you think Tiger's aware of that? I don't know. He never he never said anything to me about it. Like that could be just one of those things. Like he might have known, but like didn't say anything, or he or he could just not know at all. Like I, I have no idea. I wasn't gonna. I'm not gonna go up to him and be like. You know, once I made some putts, I wasn't going to be like, hey, you know, I'm the number one putter in the world right now. Like, I don't I don't know how that would have gone over with him. Uh, so I didn't say anything like that. A reminder. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, that's cool. He well, was listen. also. He was like, he was like, oh, you're the number one putter in the world. Well, try being the number one golfer in the world for like 15 <laughs> years. He could have said something like that. Have you played with him since? I haven't. No, I've seen him out there a bunch. I think I truly like crashed their game that day. Like he plays with JT out there a bunch. Um, like those two are like, like legit, like best friends now. Like they're always right. playing. I see them playing with each other all the time down there now. Interesting. Uh, one thing I noticed, I have to change gears. I'm going to let you go here in a minute because we've, we've gone an hour here and I, this has been great. I really appreciate it. Um, you're, you're, you know, you're not the most active uh, guy on social media. Um, are, is, you see that changing anytime soon? Um, maybe. Yeah. I've just never been, I've just never been that kind of way. Like I have an Instagram and I, you know, make some posts every now and then. And, um, I just feel like I don't need, I don't need to share what I'm doing all the time with everybody. Like, it's just like, I, I don't know. I, I, I could see myself maybe ramping it up a little bit. Um, I just, I like my downtime to be like my downtime and my, and my personal life to kind of like stay my personal life at, at moments. So I, I don't know. I could, I could see myself ramping it up a little bit, but um, that's just never, that's just never been who I am. Um, you know, I like, I, I look at stuff on social media every now and I'm more of a looker than a, like a, sure. like a actually doing stuff on there. Um, but who knows? We I could never know. You could, yeah, that yeah. could change. Um, how often do you get back up to this area? Christmas and Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, maybe a few other times, like in the spring, spring, summer, um, you know, if I have a couple of weeks off in the summer, I'll, I'll come up here for uh, a week or so. Um, but not not as much as I'd like to. But then again, like I like I told you, Jupiter's. If you like all those things that I mentioned about Jupiter, it's hard to it's it's kind of hard to leave there. Right. And everyone's right. like, oh, it's so hot in Jupiter in the summer. I'm like, well, it's pretty hot in Maryland in the summer too. It's just as humid. Um, it's just as humid and hot. And I get I I get the ocean down there. I mean, I have a pool in my backyard, and the ocean's ten minutes away if I want to go and, and cool myself off. So right, right. <laughs> um, what what about so you got you you have a, your family? You got a bunch of athletes. In your family. Tell us about your siblings. You you got like a sister who's like actively playing what college? Yeah, across? so my yeah, so my older brother played at Loyola University in Baltimore. He played golf. Um, and then it then it's me, and then my sister Christina played lacrosse at jmu and then she did a fifth year and played at georgetown and then my youngest sister michaela uh is currently a junior just finished up her junior year at virginia tech and she plays lacrosse so we have four four d1 athletes in the family so pretty pretty cool that all of us i'm sure michaela felt a little pressure um you know the three siblings above her all played D1 sports. So I'm sure she felt a little pressure to kind of, kind of follow the mold. <laughs> did, did either your parents, were they big athletes? Um, no, my, I mean, my dad's a good golfer. My dad, uh, my dad played at JMU, I think for a year or two, my uncle Mike okay. played at JMU all four years. Um, so my dad's always, my dad's dad, um, who passed away in 2010 or 11. Um, but my dad and my dad and my dad's dad, Frank McCarthy, who we called Bud, were kind of like the big catalysts in getting us into the game. There's a lot of 
a lot of all most of the guys on my dad's side of the family, cousins and everything, most of us grew up playing golf. Um, so big, big golf family on the guy side for sure. Got it. Very cool. Um, well, we'll, we'll leave it there. Um, I, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. This was, this was great. Um, I thought you did, uh, did the DC area proud Montgomery County proud and, and, and the Wells Fargo championship, a lot of fun. I was actually about, I took a whole bunch of pictures of that, of that, uh, second nine on Thursday. And I was literally in the middle of making an Instagram post when you texted back about the podcast. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll hold off on that. Um, okay. So you can, I'll, 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 I'll take a look at you. I'll take a look at your post. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I, I'm pretty sure I follow you on there. I don't know. If okay. I, um, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll take a look at it. All good. Um, but no, I, this is great. I appreciate it. I wish you the best of luck and uh, we'll be following along. Thank you very much, Denny, for coming on the Bellway Golf Podcast. Yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot. And uh, we just need to we just need to get the DC event back here as an annual event. Absolutely. 100%. All right. Thanks, All Denny. Right. Yeah, thanks for having me. I don't have a good golf game, but I don't really care. I'm a, I'm a regular dude living in DC. And I want to know about DC-centric golf stuff. If you can tell me something that I don't already know, then that is great for me. I don't want the regular stuff. I want exciting stuff. I want different stuff. I don't want stuff I can't hear elsewhere. But I want it to be about DC golf.